I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Tanakas are a group of people in South China and some parts of Vietnam. And they lived on boats. They were like boat people. They were sometimes known as sea gypsies. And in the past, there used to be many, many rumors about them, like how the Danakas descended from water snakes and how they could breathe for three days underwater. And to put that into perspective, the world record today is held by Alex Segura Vendrell of Spain and it's like 25 minutes, which is already crazy. Let me tell you another rumor about the Danaka people. It's also rumoured that Zheng Yisao, also known as Qing Shi, one of the most successful female pirates in history, someone who at one point had a fleet of anywhere from 400 to 1800 ships and 40 to 60,000 pirates under her command. It's rumoured that she was one of the Tanaka people. Hi, I'm Teddy and welcome to A Brief Case. The month of March is International Women's History Month and what better way to celebrate it than by covering the case of one of the most impressive, notorious Asian women pirates in history. Ching Shi was born around 1775 in Xinhui, Guangdong, China. We don't know much about her childhood or even her actual birth date, but it's assumed that she was born pretty poor because she ended up working in a Tanaka brothel, like a boat brothel. With a lot of women at the time, there was a lot of focus on how she looked and she was hella pretty. But she was also very smart and she was known for being very elegant and being an excellent host. So I'm guessing her appeal wasn't just like her beauty. You know? And very quickly, she became one of the best prostitutes in the area. She wasn't just serving high end customers, not just rich merchants, but she was even serving military commanders, consorts from the royal palace. She's basically killing it in the prostitution game. Now we're gonna fast forward to 1801, and Qingxi would have been around 26, which is a great age. This is when she meets. Zheng Yi. And at that time, Zheng Yi was already an established pirate commander and he ran the Red Flag Fleet, one of the fleets of the Pirate Confederation. And I'm guessing that he definitely already heard of her. Now there's two accounts to this story. The first is that he met her, he was so into her and he immediately proposed and she being the great businesswoman that she was said okay i'll accept but only if you give me 50 percent of your money and some control of your pirate fleet so she wasn't just gonna be like a pirate tai tai she wouldn't be happy and then because he couldn't stand to lose her he was like yes of course anything you want the other version is not so nice 
is that he saw her, he was so into her, and being a pirate, he got his men to abduct her and then forced her to marry him, which is much less romantic and a horrible thing to do and also the worst proposal ever. Regardless of how it happened, getting married was a good idea for them both. Most people agree that it was a joint effort and with that, they grew the red flag fleet and different sources, they state different numbers. But there was one that said it grew from 200 to 1800 in just a few months. But regardless of the actual numbers, it definitely got much bigger. And so this second part is also disputed. So some people say that Ching Shi had two kids with Zheng Yi. Her first son born in 1803 by the name of Zheng Ying Shi and the second son born in 1807 by the name of Zheng Xiong Shi. So this is contested. So some people also say that she didn't have any kids with him. One more thing that is in contention is who came up with the pirate code for the red flag fleet. And some people attribute it not to Ching Shi but to Zheng Bao, another well-known pirate that we'll get into a bit later. But Zheng Bao is the one that's actually recorded in the official account of the Pirate Confederation by a Qing Dynasty official. In like pop culture, it's usually attributed to Ching Shi. And apparently this is because of a book called The History of Piracy, published in 1932, which apparently was not so accurate but a lot more sensational. But regardless of who came up with it, most likely Zheng Bao, the code went something like this. Number one, you can't just leave the ship and go to shore by yourself, you'll be punished. Your ears will be mutilated and you'll be killed. Number two, if you steal the stuff that we as a ship stole, you'll be killed. And I looked into this, by right, the pirate will only get 20% and the ship will get 80% of the booty. Number three, you cannot harm or harass the woman that we kidnap. And if you cheat on your wife or rape anyone, you will be killed. And from other sources, these weren't the only laws in the pirate's code. There were other laws like, if you don't follow orders, you'll be killed. If you hide or underreport your haul, depending on how much you hide or underreport, you'll have a body part just chopped off. If you want to marry a woman that we as a ship kidnapped, it has to be consensual. She has to say yes. So, you know, if she doesn't and you try, you could get executed as well. But they didn't just have punishment, which was, I guess, mainly executions. They also rewarded loyalty and they also had a lot of economic reform. At that point, Zheng Yi essentially became the informal leader of the Pirate Confederation. And I'm guessing this is because of the biggest ship, biggest fleet kind of thing. Now, around this time, they also kind of adopted a son. But this isn't like adopting a child because you want more kids. This adoption was more like adopting a full-grown man. And looking at it now, I kind of saw it more as a mentorship than a familial adoption. And the guy they adopted was Zhang Bao. Yeah, so the pirate code guy. And he became second in command of the red flag fleet. So we fast forward a little bit. And in 1807, during a storm off the coast of Vietnam, Zhang Yi is killed. And Zhang Bao becomes the new leader of the red flag fleet. But Ching Shi was still pretty important and she still wanted to hold on to power. So with his support and the support of Zheng Yi's nephews and cousins, she stepped into his informal role 
of the leader of the pirate confederation. And this wasn't like a peaceful transition. No, anyone who she considered as a traitor was going to be executed. And just in general, being a pirate doesn't sound like a great job. It's like you can get executed for anything. And according to some sources, she ends up getting into a relationship with Zheng Bao. Now, I know I mentioned that it's more like a mentorship when you look at it, but she is still kind of her adopted son. Yeah, which is a bit weird, very Woody Allen. Anyway, for a couple of years, the Red Flag Fleet and the Pirates Confederation under Qing Shi, it dominated. They took control of the seas and if you wanted to go through the South China Sea, you needed to pay them like protection money. And the Chinese government, they weren't too happy about this. The pirates weren't just running wild, they were taking down members of the Chinese military. Like in 1808, just a year after she took power, she lured and ambushed the Brigade General of Humen, which is Shenzhen today, and she destroyed 35 military ships. That's a lot of ships. Okay, but the thing is, they weren't like Robin Hood, they weren't good people. They were pirates at the end of the day, and they would still raid and pillage. In August 1809, they had a six-week raiding campaign around Singhui. And that's, again, I think near where Ching Shi was born. And it ended in the deaths of 10,000 people, with one entire village being eradicated. Now, that's just a couple of incidents, you know. They fought with innocent people, they fought with the military, they pirated. Now, in 1809... The Portuguese and the British, who had a vested interest in keeping the waters clear of pirate <coughs> colonies, decided to join in and fight against the pirates' fleets. And this finally resulted in the pirates' supply lines being cut off. And you know, life was just a lot harder as a pirate. And finally, on April 17th, 1810, Ching kind of had enough, you know? She was basically a pirate queen for 10 years. And she was kind of done with the pirate life. So she leads a delegation of 17 women and children to Yemen and negotiated with the Qing official, Bai Ling. And she was a good negotiator and eventually they came to a compromise. He gave in to her demands, basically. And on 20th April, 1810, Zhang Bao and Qing Shi had an official surrender. And so, under her personal command, like, like not just the Pirates Confederation, but her own. She had 24 ships and 1,433 pirates. Okay, but under the total command of both of them, it was 226 ships, 1315 cannons, and 17,000 men. That's a lot. She was pardoned, her crew were pardoned, they received pork and wine and money, and it seems like a pretty good deal in terms of a surrender. Now, the Chinese government was like, hmm, who better to fight a pirate than another pirate? So Zheng Bao, he became a lieutenant in the Qing army and he had a private fleet of 20 to 30 ships. Now, he did all sorts of navy things like he defeated the Blue Flag Fleet, which was part of the Pirates' Confederation they used to lead. And in 1820-22, he died at the age of 36. And it's not really specified who or how, but I'm guessing it was during a fight because he was serving as a colonel in charge of the Penghu garrison. And as for Ching Shi, I'm guessing being the informal head of the Pirates' Confederation, it gives you quite a lot of clout and people will respect you. Now, we know she lived a peaceful life and she owned and ran a gambling house in Guangdong. And eventually, she died in 1844 
in her late 60s. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. As far as possible, you should not do crime and, you know, not be a pirate. But if you do, you should try your best. And thank you to all my lady listeners in particular. I'm glad we're all part of this community. If you liked this episode, you might also like episode 54, India's Bandit Queen. It's about Fulan Devi, another strong, independent woman who did many bad things. If you found today's case interesting, share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast. You can always drop me recommendations and you can always find us online at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another brief case.